Shalom, and welcome to Jerusalem Lights. Firstly, I just want to um, send everyone Jim's regards and blessings. He is not with us today because he is actually on a road trip visiting family and, and um, dealing with some family business. And we do have a special guest with us today who is joining us from an undisclosed location in the great state of Texas. And she is Mrs. Katie Holliday, who is a Noahide wife and mother, and a truly God-fearing woman who really loves Hashem. And she's going to share her amazing story with us. And I just want to give like a little personal um, background of our, of our personal history, um, that Katie and I are friends since the early 90s, when actually, uh, when I first started broadcasting Torah lessons on the internet, before the internet even, it was on a television station in Texas, and this is a long time ago, and Katie was my first cameraman. It was just an amazing experience, and, and uh, we had a television program on a television station in yep. Texas. It was quite, it was quite <laughs> unusual circumstances, and it was called Light to the Nations, and it was amazing because I was given the opportunity to teach Torah to a very wide audience. And in fact, many of the deep and lasting and wonderful relationships that I established in the state of Texas come from those days when we had that, that uh, TV series for a couple of years. And that's when I met Katie and your brother also was involved on the TV crew at that time. And I met your, your father and your mother, your wonderful family and your sisters. And we've been friends ever since. And Katie, I think that you have a really, really inspiring story to share with our audience. So I'm giving you the floor. <laughs> well, I don't know. That that was such a buildup. I, I hope that I that I am able to um to meet everyone's expectations. <laughs> um I have to say that being able to be a part of the the film crew that filmed your program was really amazing because it was it was like nothing I had ever experienced. And I got to spend, you would come and you would, we would film like a half a year's worth of programs in a week. And so I had an entire week where I would just get to be saturated and I got to ask questions between shows. And I really got to experience a, a whole new level of, of Hashem's love and light in this world that I didn't even know existed. Um, So I guess, my journey is, uh, what can I say? I mean, I, I think I'm one of the oddest people I've ever met. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I've always, um, I've always been very connected to the idea that, um, uh, that there, that there is a God, even when I was like very, very small, I was infatuated with, with God. Um, I remember being like four or five years old in, uh, in church. We, you know, obviously I came out of Christianity, but four or five years old in church. And I was, um, during the worship services, I would just get lost in the music and I would be just singing my heart out and tears running down my face, just completely involved in expressing my love to, to God. And I remember when I was old enough to like start paying attention to what I was being told. I remember when they're like, you know, you have to say the magic words so that God come come live in your heart. And and I remember being like so confused by this because I was like, I have never known God not being with me. I don't understand why I have to do these things 
he's already with me. And so I, I've always just had that, that, that knowing. And so um, it was just very interesting that uh, I think that that kind of set the stage for me being able to be open to listening to Torah because I had so many questions that I didn't even know how to ask. And then I was listening to Torah and all of a sudden the questions were getting answered and it, it just made so much sense. And I also, I come from, um, my parents are, um, I would say they're truth seekers and they were always like very authentic in their faith. And I think that that is what really, that's what has really shaped my life. Um, it's that they were just always very real and very authentic. They were very honest in everything. And so when, you know, my dad began to learn different things that were not lining up with what we were being taught in church, you know, we, it was talked about and we didn't necessarily act upon it until after we became more familiar with you and with, um, our dear, um, Sam Peak of blessed memory, uh, I really owe, I owe so much to him and uh, like very much of what I do is for, for the elevation of his neshama because he really um, just had such an impact for me as, as I'm sure many of our listeners. And so many people, he was such a dear friend and also he was such a trailblazer. He really, really just pulled people out of the darkest places that they were in. He was amazing. He was, he was, he was so accessible. And, you know, there's just, I'm, uh, you know, as I was thinking about, you know, when you, when you asked me to be on the show and I was thinking about different pieces of my life and, and how so many things have shaped me, I just had to, I had to pause and just thank Hashem. I, I was just in awe of how many different people and situations and circumstances he has pulled to build my life for me and to make a foundation for me to stand on. And uh, so I think, I, I guess that uh, when I started, you know, hearing Torah and, uh, you know, listening to you and stuff like this, there was, there was beginning to be uh, become a separation from what I had learned in Christianity. I think probably by the time I was 13 years old, I probably had heard like every sermon that that Christianity can can teach because I was very involved. My family was very involved with with church. We were we were very big believers in being good people and being connected to God and just, you know, uh, doing doing good in the world. And that was that was our world at the time. So um I don't want to interrupt you, but don't forget to tell us what those magic words were, because you mentioned magic words and you didn't tell us what it was. Oh, well, you know, the magic words where you're supposed to, you're supposed to say out loud that you believe that there's, that there's this person that you're supposed to invite into your heart. And then that way you'll be saved, you know, that way you'll have God in your heart. Th those are the magic words. Okay. Um, but they didn't have so much sparkle for me, I think. <laughs> I think it felt a little, uh, I, th I think it, it was just they didn't sparkle and I was like I don't I don't think these are as magical as you think they are I think there's there's more to to this world I learned some magic words later that really were magical and I'll get to that very soon um so um but by the time I was 13 I was already like 
you know, I'm looking at church and a lot of the things that go on in church and stuff like this. And I, I remember I was in my room and I was particularly upset about some stuff that I was seeing happening in the church. Mind you, I'm 13 years old. I don't even know why I was upset about all of this, but I was. And I just, I told God, I said, you know what, if this is all there is to serving you is just Sunday mornings and Wednesday night, and then you can just do whatever and behave however you want in between times, I have better things to do. I'm sure I can find something much more interesting than What an amazing child. (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm the strangest person I know. And I can't explain what happened to me in that in my room, but I I had a, an, an, an epiphany, a, an awakening, a something. And I came away with a very large reassurance that, has, that Hashem, obviously I didn't, at that time I didn't know his name, I just knew him as God. And he was like, if you'll just hold on, I've got something for you. I don't, don't run out on me just yet. And two years later is when I met uh, uh, you and um, and Sam and a couple of others that started me. Uh, as I, I realized there was an entire world um, of Hashem. And uh, so I've been kind of, uh, you know, I've been coming along this way. I, I did, <clears throat> my family did spend a... A little bit of time with, with I guess what I'll just call it the messianic movement. Just kind of for a lot of people, it's a it's a segue out of traditional Christianity into this unusual form of Christianity. But for people who are real truth seekers, you tend to not stay in that place very long. And uh, but you do you do learn a lot. And um, but I was beginning to again like I was it was very exciting. We're learning a lot of stuff about Judaism in that in that way. And then it it also began to lose its luster for me because everything in in the messianic community is uh, still pasting this person over everything. So we're constantly just seeing this one person in in our in our walk in our life. And it again, I began to feel the frustration of not feeling satisfied, of not of just not feeling tethered tightly to something that I knew was there and I just couldn't put my finger on it. And so this is when I heard the the new magic words. I'd already pulled away a lot from Christianity, my my family and and definitely myself. And and I was beginning to like grapple with, I'm not so sure about this whole messianic thing and and all this going on with. And you were uh, uh, on on a show and you were talking. And you made a statement that it 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 was like it was like turning the key and unlocking the door that I just couldn't I couldn't very hard turn the key. You turned the key for me. And you said, the Torah is for everyone, and everyone is in the Torah. Go and find yourself. And that was like the permission for me to stop looking for somebody else in the Torah and start looking for myself. Because what I realized that I was frustrated with is I was frustrated by the fact that I am here right now. This other person isn't here and I'm not living his life. I am living my life and I have my own challenges and struggles. I have my own strengths. I have my own weaknesses and I want to know who I am, what I'm about and why 
why am I here? What what is my purpose here? What is this for? And so that was a that was a major turning point for me. That was when I was able to completely just let go of everything I felt like that was really holding me back. And so then my my journey I feel like just really really began and I've been just on that journey ever since then just discovering myself, discovering uh discovering Hashem at bigger and greater levels than I ever thought possible. And um so it's just it's been it's been amazing. I've I've learned so much and I I've never looked back. I don't I don't regret going and looking for myself in the Torah at all. <laughs> I'm spellbound yeah. and I've I've known you for 20 years and I'm spellbound because you're describing like this um odyssey of a soul like Hashem spoke to you even as a child and pulled you out, pulled you towards him and it's just um staggering to, to think about the the individual providence that Hashem um, guides every single soul on their path if they want to go that's the thing because it's only a person is led in the direction that they want to go in uh, our sages tell us so that's also something that you were willing to listen and that you wanted to listen because I think that you know Hashem really confronts everybody with the truth but people have a choice and and um, that's the thing is that people only rise to the level of their own personal uh, inner conviction. And that's something that God doesn't do for a person. That's something that comes from within you. Yeah, I I am, um, I jokingly, but, but it's really quite serious. I'd say I, I only have one obsession and that's Hashem. Um, I have been obsessed with him my entire life. I don't know how to not be obsessed with him. Um, obviously, I'm I'm a real person, and I have my own struggles, and I have my own Yetzahara and things that I deal with. But I I can't ever stray very far from him. <laughs> I can't ever. Um, uh, I, I just can't ever be very far from him. It it's um, it's just how I how I am. So, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of where, where I've, I've gone. And, and I would say that I think it's also very interesting how, uh, there were things that I thought that how my life would go. Um, for instance, it really surprised me when I, uh, I, I was like 25 years old and I was like, well, I, I'm not, I haven't met anybody. I don't guess I'm going to get married or whatever. And I really began seriously considering um, converting um, to Judaism. So I was, I was beginning to explore that, but I, I also had like this, this feeling uh, that I just, I, you know, Hashem created, if Hashem wanted everybody to be Jewish, he would have made the entire world Jewish. So he must have a plan and a purpose for there to be people to be non-Jews in this world. There must be something behind this. And he must have put me in this situation uh, for a reason. Uh, maybe the reason is is to convert, but maybe the reason also is that there just needs to be people who are good people, who are who are um beacons of Hashem's light in this in this world, in in the in the the secular world. Uh, being able to be that point of contact that they can, you know, 
I totally understand where someone from, let's say, a Christian background comes from, because that's the background that I came from. So I can have conversations with them that um, someone that isn't from their background is is not going to be able to completely relate to, but but I can. And so it was very interesting that really, uh, literally, like I was like in my head thinking, okay, I need to I need to reach out to to my rabbi and I need to talk to him about this conversion thing. And um, I I met my husband who I had actually met before, uh, several years before we had uh, gone out a couple of times and decided that um, both of us needed to do some growing up. We weren't right for each other. <laughs> and um, but then he he uh, he'd moved away and then he came back and he and he called me and um so we tried again and the rest kind of just everything just kind of fell into place. And uh my husband is uh he he's not uh he doesn't consider himself a Noahide, but I have to say that he is a person of immense integrity. I have so much respect for him. He has been one of my greatest teachers. He has been a driving force behind me to work on myself and to be a better person. Um just uh he's he truly is uh he just truly is really amazing but i do have to say and i think that this is something that's important to mention because i think that a lot of people who come in this walk uh this noahide walk that they do uh if they're married they sometimes come on this path by themselves and um so me having this very big connection to hashem i uh it, it is that is my relationship with Hashem, and it is just for me. It's not for anyone else. It's just for me. And so, to my spouse's relationship, at whatever capacity and level it is, is his own relationship. And I didn't marry him because uh, of his uh, relationship with Hashem. I married him because I fell in love with him because there were so many other aspects of him that were very, very important to me to be able to uh, create a life, create a family with. Um, he was the person that I, that I just knew in my soul I needed to journey with uh, in a very close way uh, on this world. And I, I, I have to admit that at first it was frustrating that he seemed to be at a different place than I was, um, after, especially after we got married. Um, you know, things get things shift, things happen, and and you go through some things. And um, but then I I realized, you know, this truth that I that I spoke earlier that you know it's none of my business his relationship with Hashem. If he checks all of the other boxes, it, it doesn't. It doesn't even really matter because his relationship is that. It's his relationship. It's not mine, and I can only just be myself, and I can only work on my relationship with Hashem in my way. But I can also make sure that I'm working on my relationship with my husband, uh, because that that's more important. I mean, Shalom Bayit is extremely important to Hashem. It's, it's just, it's more important to him. I think um, if I'm remembering something that I learned once, it's more important to him than even like, uh, like 
your relationship with him. He's like, no, you put my, our relationship on the back burner and you work on your shalom by it because, because this is important. And, um, and so I feel like that it can be, it can be very frustrating for people because they want, you know, you want for your spouse to, to go with you on the journey. You want to be equally yoked, I think, is, is the uh, phrase from the, the, Christian community, but that's just not realistic. I think um, sometimes, and you have to be a realist. And I think that there is a lot of blessing that God, the Hashem brings to you when you are able to accept the things that you can't change, and you stay in that space, and you see just exactly what sparks Hashem has for you in that space. Because if you can't change that space, then that means that there's something there for you to continue to learn. There's something there for you to reveal about yourself. And, and there's another level of Hashem that he wants for you to, to reveal as well. And um, so I guess I'm just encouraging, you know, anybody who might be having some some struggles because their spouse is just not coming along with them in this way. Um, I would encourage you to, you know, stay the course and remember why you married that person in the first place and remember why you fell in love with them. And remember that Hashem is very faithful and he has you in that situation because there's, there's still good there. There's still something that you need to, you need to find and you need to bring up to the light yeah. And he's he's also in the midst of you both. He's the glue that binds the relationship together, really. It's the yud Hey from Ish and Isha. You know, his name is in the relationship between husband and wife, and so there, he's there anyway. And every person really goes in their own path, like through the Red, the Red Sea, you know, the Sea of Reeds. It was divided into channels, and every tribe walks simultaneously but separately and everybody has their path to reach Hashem but but your your attitude is very um, embracing and very wholesome because you're saying like, you're not trying to change someone you're trying to journey together each according to their their own pace right and I, I would also say um, there is um, I, I learned I learned this uh, from um, Rav Yitzhak Ginsburg. He has a book called um, Kabbalah and the Wisdom Wisdom for the Nations. And he takes the, the Sheva Mitzvot that are incumbent upon Noahides and he, he connects them to the lower seven uh, Sefirot and he kind of expands the 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 laws for us to where it, it really becomes very, very personal. It really becomes something that you can really bring in. And I, I'll just mention um, idolatry. So we have a prohibition against idolatry. And I know that, that a lot of us um, still have to participate on some level in, um, in idolatry. We still, we're, we're, you know, I mean, I, where I live in Texas, it's, um, there's a church on absolutely every single corner, every, nearly every single, like, um, like the food bank in the town that I live in is, is at a, a church. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, everything it revolves around this. So it's, it, you can't avoid it. So how in the world can you honestly keep this, 
commandment. And Rob Gitzberg brings down to us that that it's also in order to be able to not commit idolatry, the the positive side of that is to involve yourself in self-improvement. So if you're working on yourself, you are effectively keeping the prohibition against idolatry. Even if you have to be in places where idolatry is happening, but you're working on yourself, you're working on being less judgmental, being less critical of people. You're being, you're working on um, building your 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 chesed for uh, for yourself and for other people. So, like th- that gives a person something to hold on to, something to to really grasp. Um, and so, I I wanted to make sure that I um, that I spoke about that because I know that that's something that a lot of us. Um, who are on this path also have to deal with um, that that you can still be really keeping the Sheva Mitzvot in a very real and tangible way, not just this seemingly um, don't commit idolatry, you know, don't murder. And but then when you when you can delve deeper into what these actually uh, you know the roots of these things and the different layers of these of these shiva mitzvot. It really becomes much more personal, and it becomes much more. It just becomes much more real, and I feel like that that that's what this world needs. This world needs people who are involved very much in working on themselves in um, in every way that they can, and. Uh, it, it's a, it, it's a lifelong it's a lifelong process it's not it's not just um you know something that you do once and you never do again i'm still working on stuff that i was working on 20 years ago so <laughs> it's uh it, when you when you it's say it's a journey the, you know the the whole the whole the whole concept that you're that you're mentioning in the rav's book uh this deep level of understanding of um, not uh, of of how when you're working on your character traits is what, is what I assume you mean by working yourself. You're when you're working on your midot and self um, self knowledge and self examination of your attributes is is like fulfilling the commandment of not worshiping idolatry. It's such a deep insight. It's so staggering. But and I guess the covenant is that you're not worshiping yourself, and the real idolatry is when you're worshiping yourself. But obviously, if you're finding fault in yourself and what to work on so then you're not worshiping yourself but it's so profound what you're saying because you're saying that the mitzvot can be applied on the deepest level of the essence of a person's soul on their root level reminds me of of uh, a saying that rabbi nachman the holy rabbi nachman said that if he was like stuck on a desert island and he didn't have anything with which to fulfill the commandments he didn't have a lulav he didn't have to fill and he didn't have any of the of the equipment, you know, to fulfill the commandments, that he would be able to fulfill them all, just in his, just in his mind, just because he understood the roots of the foundation of all of the commandments of the light that it brings into the world of what it really means. And so you're saying that, on a very very personal level, there's another dimension of understanding of how to how to walk with Hashem in every in every aspect. So that's a, that's a very very powerful idea. I need, I need to ask you at this point, you know, because you're describing yourself, you sound like some sort of a dynamo, like some sort of a gyroscope, you know, put you, they put you down in this place in Texas, there's a church on every corner, and you're just basically self-sufficient. You're not, you're not, 
you know, in the same in the same page exactly as your as your soulmate, and he is your soulmate. But you're you've got your journey, and you're working very hard all the time, and obviously walking with the light of Hashem. And it's you say you're obsessed with him, and that's your life's work. So, I call you a gyroscope because you don't need any external stimuli or any or anything like you're just doing it on your own. So, how does that translate? Uh, with when it comes to raising your kids, in other words, their Noahide experience in a place where you know, and in an age when they need, you know, social um, activity and friends and and identity, really, how what's their identity all about? So, um, really, I, I mean, I just. <laughs> I just kind of like go with the flow and I, I, you know, I've, I've taught my kids about, you know, Hashem and how Hashem made the world and Hashem made every person unique and special, um, in their own way. And I basically, I'm teaching them like core concepts. I'm teaching them integrity. I'm teaching them to be respectful of other people, to, um, be patient with other people, but I'm also teaching them, uh, you know, as far as like their relationship with Hashem, like I, I've taught them, you know, how to talk to Hashem. I, I don't do very well with, um, uh, like, like I, I know a lot of people really love, um, like, uh, like siddurs and they like to, you know, they like to read the prayers and that that's their prayer time. They read prayers. I absolutely understand the importance of that for certain, for the Jewish people. Um, but all, for, for myself, like when I talk to Hashem, I'm talking to Hashem like I'm talking to you, um, except I'm probably being quite a bit more candid with him. Uh, <laughs> and I have I have a running conversation with Hashem. Like it's 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 a constant it's a constant flow. Like um, and so I t- I've taught my children, you know, I talk to Hashem, you know, when I'm worried about something, when I don't know what to do about something. Um, if I feel like I need help or I just need to unburden my myself with my worry. But I also talk to him when I'm happy. I tell him, you know, thank you so much for this experience. And so with my children, I, I've taught them that that's how they how they should pray, how they should talk to Hashem. We don't I don't even really call it prayer. I just call it talking, talking to Hashem. And um because I, I want for them to to build their own relationship. And I guess like really what I've done is I haven't given my children labels. I have just, I'm just teaching them how to be a good human being. That, that, that's, that's the phrase I use. And I'm like, that's not being a good human being. This is being a good human being. We have to fix this, this little thing we have that we're dealing with. Um, We talk about things all the time. I maintain a lot of communication with children which is fairly easy to do because i homeschool them so um we're around each other a lot uh and and my children are so they're they're really uh the lights of my life they're so they come up with such interesting things and and talk about and and i have seen my children make connections back to hashem that they made totally on their own and that gives me a lot of um a lot of hope for them and a lot of joy. But I, uh, so I guess that the way that I've raised my children may not be, you know, it's obviously not very traditional um, simply because I just, I am not traditional. (laughs) 
and so I don't have like a particular curriculum. I don't have a, I don't have a routine um, with them. We talk as things come up. We we deal with things as come up. We have conversations in my kitchen while I'm cooking supper all the time about what's the right thing to do in this particular situation, and um, and I. I'm very careful about using the phrase like, well, that doesn't make Hashem happy or, or that doesn't please Hashem. Um, I'm very, very careful about using that because I think that that phrase gets overused. Uh, I, I know I felt like that it was overused in, in Christianity a lot. I think it was meant to be a tool that was manipulative. I know I heard a lot of, um, well, God told me um, in my, in my, definitely in my adult life, and I was like, I don't want for my children to, for their foundation to be based on something that isn't tangible. I want for their foundation to be based on something that's real, that they can go back to. And they can go back to looking at themselves. They can go back to building their character. They can go back to um, having a confidant in Hashem. He's with them wherever they are, whether I'm, you know, whether I'm involved with what they're doing or not, he's accessible to them 24-7, where I cannot always be for them. And so that's that's what I that and and it it goes along well, you know, like I, I mentioned earlier that, you know, my husband is such a an amazing man of integrity and and I have so much respect for him. And so our our beliefs in how a person should be actually align perfectly. And so I don't have a challenge to raise my children um, very differently uh, because I do have his support in teaching them, you know, how to be a person of quality, how to be a person of integrity and how to be a person of manners uh, because I, I want for my children to be to be the to shine as the lights that they are in whatever capacity and however that means. So I feel like that I my biggest job is just to simply give them as many tools as I possibly can so that when they are launched into the world, they they know how to handle themselves. They know how to um they know how to navigate through various different situations and navigate different um uh conversations. So, and I know that our conversations will certainly get more serious the older that they get, and we have to touch on subjects that are not necessarily appropriate for their age right now. Um, and, the, and those will be fun and interesting, and I'm sure that they'll have some interesting little tidbits to offer me <laughs> that will expand my my view as well. But um, But I just, I feel like that that's really what a person... For me, being a parent, that that's what's really important for me. I I didn't want to keep my kids in the dark about stuff. I know that it's important to a lot of parents to protect their kids from a lot of things, and I have protected my children from from stuff. But I've also um, allowed them a window to see, and we talk about it. Like for instance, like the different holidays, like Halloween. You know, we've talked about Halloween. We've talked about. Uh, you know, uh, what it is. And when they were very small, I did protect them from it. I didn't, you know, let them, uh, watch a 
TV show that that had a Halloween theme in it and, and stuff like that. But now that they're older and we've talked a lot about it, and I know that they're not so easily um, manipulated by it, it's not something that bothers me um, at all because they, I know based on what they are telling me and my children, I know that they're not going to be like, mom, we just really feel like Halloween is something we should do and we're missing out. As they, they, that's not what they're telling me at all. They're telling me, um, you know, I don't know why people want to do Halloween. <laughs> it's, it's really weird. <laughs> it's kind of weird <laughs> uh, to be sure. But it, it, but at the same time, I also teach them to be respectful of that. Be like, it's something that we as a family don't do. It's not something, but it's something that other people, they don't have a problem with it and that's okay. And it's also okay for us to just decide that that's not something that we want to participate in. So, um, uh, but it's uh, so they don't feel peer pressure in that in that small community. They don't feel like they don't feel different as far as not not participating in holidays and that kind of thing. Um, you know, I I think that. I, I haven't really felt like that they that they feel like that they're not because there there is there is some a little bit that they that they have participated in um, so they're not completely missing out like they um, we do uh, spend some some time like for instance around Christmas uh, my husband's family celebrates Christmas and I love his family very much they are. Um, the most amazing people. And I, uh, and so, but they, they celebrate Christmas. And so that's something that we do. We are, we go over there to their house and we eat food and open gifts. And that's the extent of our, of our Christmas. So when people ask my kids, did you have a good Christmas? My kids are like, yeah, I got a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, but if you ask my kids, like, what's your favorite holiday? My kids will say, well, my favorite holiday is Hanukkah because I love the lights. I love I love to be able to light my my Hanukkah. And and that's all that we do. Like, I don't do gifts for my kids at Hanukkah. I don't um, I didn't feel like it was that that was something that was important to do because that's not the point of Hanukkah. Hanuk the point of Hanukkah is the light. I wish you um, would have told my kids this years ago. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but, um, but the point is, is the light. The point is, um, is being a light in the world. And that is something that I taught my children. I taught them, you know, like we like candles because the world is a dark place and, but we can be light in this world. When we do good in this world, we bring light to this world. When we work on ourselves. We bring light to this world. And, um, and so I, I and I, I look forward to, you know, as they as they get older and I can expand, you know, and deepen a lot of the things that uh, that I taught them because there's just there's so many layers to things. And it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be amazing. I look forward to seeing what kind of people that they're going to be because they're Amen. they're pretty they're pretty special. <laughs> Katie, one of the most amazing things about you that I know that I would like you to share also is the work that you're doing. Um, uh, you became involved in a special um, kind of, um, um, I don't know what you call it. I don't know if you call it therapy or what, what your approach is, but uh, it's, it's really just in its, I don't, I don't want to say anything because it's such an amazing story from beginning to end, <laughs> however much you'd like to share of, of what it is that you do. 
uh, and that helps people very, very much. Um, well, it's, you know, it's too bad that Jim Long had to miss us, miss this today because it, it kind of really is based on quantum physics, which I know is a favorite subject <laughs> yes. of, of our dear friend, Jim. Um, but it's called energy therapy. And, um, I learned this from Robinson Orit Esther Ryder. She is the founder of an organization called Or Emunet Energy Institute uh, there in Israel. Um, and it's a program that anybody can learn. Um, but I was definitely, uh, I had been watching her teachings for several, several years. And she was talking about this energy therapy that she was doing and talking about how, um, Every we we all have like an energy field. We all have, uh, a, a, and we call it like an energy body, and it's like a blueprint to a person. Uh, you store um, everything in this in this energy body. So any traumas, uh, any anything that negative that's ever happened to you, <laughs> if you didn't consciously like let go of it and clear it out of you it's probably stuck in this energy body and she's talking about this and she's she's like it was so transformational for me and and then she started to teach it and i i decided to muster the chutzpah and i emailed her and i told her you know i'm beninok um this is my rabbi and could i take your program <laughs> and she was like well, I need to ask my rabbi if you can take my program because I don't think she had ever met uh, uh, B'nai Noach or Noah Hyde ever. <laughs> so, um, so I believe that the two of you had a conversation and based on your conversation and based on what her rabbi uh, said, she emailed me back and she said, sure, you can come join the program. And so- So you I, were the first non-Jewish lady that she ever accepted into her, into her yes, program. Into her program, wow. yeah. So, and I've taken um, pretty much all of her other courses. She teaches a lot of different, uh, different things. She teaches um, uh, gemstones, using gemstones and, and uh, crystals. Uh, she teaches numerology. She teaches a, uh, a program called Crown to Kingship, which is about the 10 Sephirot um, and uh, um, just, and various other things that are all about healing, all about emotional Torah-based, right? Torah-based here. Yeah, Torah-based. It's all Torah-based. It's based largely on the the writings of the Baal Shem Tov. Uh -huh. So, so it's uh, it's really good. She has a couple of books. I encourage anyone to to you know pick those up. They're really really great. Um, so you do this energy healing for for other women, right? I do, I do. Um, so I learned how to through her program. I learned how to uh, access a person's energy energy field, energy body, and to help um, release a lot of the traumas and fears and trapped emotions that a person carries. It, it basically, it helps to unburden a person. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes you need it in conjunction with other, with other therapies. Like you may also need like talk therapy. Um, it's meant to be a complement to what you know whatever you're you're dealing with whatever you're working on or working with and um but it what what I tell my clients is like I can't tell you that you're gonna like have just like this 
you're going to wake up in the morning and you're going to feel like you're a completely new person. But what you are going to find, the, the goal is, Bezot Hashem, is that you're going to realize that you're going to come to a place that when you're, when you're in a situation that is normally triggering for you, that normally upsets you and sends you down into a spiral for however long it is, that you realize you actually have a choice, that you have been given back your power of choice, that you can choose now if you're going to allow yourself to be triggered and to be sent down into a spiral, um, or if you're actually going to be able to, you know, stand up and, and you know, walk away. And, and really, you can also just kind of unburden yourself. You can realize that oh, I'm not carrying this fear anymore. I'm not carrying this, this bitterness anymore. Um, I don't feel uh, like my, you know, when I hear someone's name mentioned, I don't, I don't feel like I'm, uh, you know, just uh, nails on a chalkboard anymore. Um, it, it brings you to a place where you can, uh, where you can just really find yourself again. Um, at, at least that, that's what it's done for me. I, I, um, obviously I, when I was learning it, I was doing a lot of work on myself, doing a lot of energy work on myself. And, um, and I worked on, you know, clearing fears. One of the, one of the things that, <clears throat> that I had to work on was, um, communication, communicating specifically with my soulmate. <laughs> I can communicate with anybody except my soulmate. <laughs> and that was something that, that I was realizing was, was costing me my shalom by it because I was not able to effectively communicate. And so there were, there were fears, there were situations that had happened in my life that, that, um, that I had never healed from. And so when I went through and I cleared those out of my energy space and cleared those out of my consciousness because I brought it into my consciousness and I really began to work with it, then I realized I started noticing that I was able to communicate better, which meant that we were having better conversations. We were having conversations where we weren't both ending up frustrated and not coming to a a place of peace we were actually able to talk through something that was difficult and come to a place where we were like oh okay we're, we're in a good place we're we're good um so uh and I just I have to credit the the energy work with that because I I didn't I didn't know uh, I tried other things here and there <clears throat> but I didn't realize just how deep-seated some of that stuff is. And the energy work is able to really pull stuff out of the depths of you and really get it out. Wow. And then we we fill that space with with Hashem's healing light. And and so there's just... So there's it's just about a, release and, and just, just emptying yeah. yourself of the negative energy and, and replacing it with and, positivity. Uh, and yeah. so you you're you're able to do this to help others also come to this. And I think we should just make it clear to the viewers that the person doesn't need to be with you in the same room. I, I know that you actually um, helped a member of my family very much um, from um, across the sea. So you're yeah. actually able to do this by remote control. Um, I yeah, don't, I that, don't that, that's the beauty of, of quantum physics. Quantum right. physics, when when you step into the energy space, there is no 
time and space. Um, you can pull an energy body to you and you can, you can lay it out and you can see, you know, oh, this trauma actually was something that they carried over from like a past life. It wasn't resolved in a past life. So there's like little, little shards of it that are affecting a person in this life. And, oh, this here was something that was passed down. Like you have four generations that have dealt with this problem and now you have it. And we have a saying, we have a saying in, uh, in the energy healing world where it's like trauma ran in my family until it ran into me. Uh, and so that's 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 what it is. It's like it's time to stop to with break the, the cycle. It's, it's time to break the cycle. Right. And so the energy therapy is is a just another modality that a person can try to see if that is what helps them to break the cycle, to break out of the cycles that they've been stuck in, um, like clearing their their energy fields of it and. Um, Sometimes it's it's pretty quick. Sometimes it uh, you can feel a change very quickly, and then sometimes it does take a while. Um, but I I still am like every once in a while I'll be like, oh wow, I worked on this issue like two years ago, and I'm and I'm being faced with with a similar situation, and I totally handled this so correctly. <laughs> And so I, so I know that the, that the energy therapy works, um, works quite well. Um, and you just, you know, I guess a lot of it depends on how, how badly do you want to be rid of your traumas? Cause we also tend to like our traumas better the devil, you know, than the devil you mm -hmm. don't know. And so sometimes it's difficult to, for a person to really let go of what they've been carrying their entire life. And, uh, so that can sometimes take a little while, a little longer to get rid of, but I do do this. I, I do do this for other people. It is, it is a work I do. I can't do it as, um, as full time as, um, I know that a lot of my clients would like for me to be able to do because I homeschool my children. And, uh, so I have a lot of other responsibilities and stuff, but, uh, but I do do this, um, for other people. So, the amazing thing is like Hashem is speaking to you from the time that you're 13 years old, like in your bedroom and you're, and you're pining for him. And now you're like a shaliach. He made you like into an agent for helping other people with a Torah-based healing that was originated in Jerusalem. And it's just an amazing story. I'm sure that there will be people that are listening and watching that are going to want to contact you further and, and talk to you about this. And perhaps you could help them. Is there a website that you could mention or... Um, I don't, I don't have a website. I, I usually just do, um, uh, I have an email and, uh, I also have a, a WhatsApp a number. Um, so I get text messages from people. Um, so, um, maybe afterwards, after we, after we conclude you and I can talk about how we can leave some inf contact information if, um, sure. in an, in a safe way if people would like yeah. to contact you uh, maybe they could use one of my email addresses or you have one that you could and we'll post something on the url of the of youtube page afterwards of how people can get in touch with you and they can always reach you through me in any event but if you'd like to leave any anything further we can see about that is it's i know for a fact that it's an amazing amazing um undertaking that you've that you've um taken upon yourself yeah it's um it's very humbling. Um, it, it really, it really is to be able to help people in such a, such a very unique way. 
but um you know it's just it's just a part of like finding myself you know when you said you know the Taurus for everyone and go and find yourself one of the first places I looked was to look and see like what my uh what my Torah uh portion is the the Torah portion that I was born um during and the Torah portion that I was born during was um the Parsha of um Balak so uh, one of the two non-Jews that a Torah Parsha was named after but specifically um I was born on a Friday which was which would be if I'm saying this correctly the sixth Aliyah of the Torah portion mm -hmm. which just so happens to be the entire width and breadth of when Bilaam is just speaking blessings over the Jewish people. So it's a little bit of like, oh, this is so interesting because right now, like a lot of my clients are, most of my clients are actually Jewish. I work um, mostly um, Jewish people since I learned in the Jewish community. I have a lot of contacts there. And so it's very interesting how I'm like very much living uh, my my Torah portion because it's all about speaking blessing. It's all about a non-Jew speaking blessings wow. to the Jewish people, and I literally do that in my work because it is definitely a blessing to hear someone who's like telling you you had this fear, you had this worry, and and I I worked with Hashem to clear this out of you and fill you with hope and with emuna, and you don't have to be afraid of this anymore. And you can move forward, you know, with strength and with holding on to Hashem. And so, you know, it's pretty cool. It is. <laughs> I really, I just can't thank you enough for being with us today. You have such an amazing life story, and you're just starting and you're making such a difference to the world, bringing so much light into the world. It's like really the odyssey of a soul. And it's so beautiful and inspiring and empowering to other people that are that are in a similar, that come from a similar walk. So I hope that people are going to contact you. And um, I, I want to just bless you to keep on keeping on with all the wonderful things that you're doing. And here we are in the month of Shvat, just a week and a half before Tubishvat, the climax of renewal and restoration for this month and a beautiful um, divine energy coming into the world in the midst of all the, of all the darkness that we're all going through at this time. So so um, first of all, it's wonderful seeing you again. Second of all, mm -hmm. you have, it, it, I'm so personally inspired and moved by the things that you've shared and um, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, we look forward to more and more good news as we travel towards the redemption. Thank you for being such an, an active part of it. Man, well, thank you. Thank you so very much for, for starting your journey um, into the non-Jewish world the way you did so very boldly. And um, it forever changed my life. And um, I'm forever grateful. So I'm so I'm so blessed to be connected to you and your family and the work that Jerusalem Lights is doing. I'm just I'm so pleased with how much it's growing. Um, I knew that when you told me that you were going to start something a couple of years ago, I was like, mm, this is going to be good. And I, I can't wait to see how far this is going to go, because I'm pretty sure it's going to go all the way around the world. <laughs> mm -hmm. So. Thank you so much, Katie. Let's bless our viewers and listeners with a beautiful, wonderful week full of good health, 
peace, compassion, wisdom, and love. Shalom, shalom. Thank you.